Welcome to the Talking Security Podcast. We will talk about security-related news, attacks, vulnerabilities, and tools. Welcome to a new security podcast. Today, I am your host. My name is Frans Oudenrup, and I have with me Piet Zerger. Piet, can you shortly introduce yourself? Absolutely. So I'm uh, Pete Zerger. I'm managing partner of uh, a Microsoft partner called Lumigate. We build some software that touches the security space. We deliver a fair bit of, of strategy consulting around cybersecurity. And I am very lucky to join you here in Prague for Experts Live this week. Yeah, today we are on Experts Live. Um, you had a session. But first, if we come back to what you said, a little bit software you created at your company. Mm -hmm. That's regarding the security space. Right, sure. So we built uh, a chatbot called Simon. It's the first AI-powered chatbot to manage Microsoft Cloud services. So we're really focused on helping people troubleshoot authentication issues, explore risk, uh, work with their endpoints, uh, work with uh, compliance issues. So we're making things easier and faster with regards to troubleshooting security issues. In fact, our focus is that where many automation solutions require months of planning and lots of licensing, we require an onboarding process of two minutes and a person in the chair who knows what it is they want to do even if they don't understand how. So we're really just about enabling people who are struggling with, with security and, and related management issues. And helping them with AI. That's what exactly, where we're, we're helping them with, with natural language processing and, and AI. You know, so the idea is where much of the automation we see today really marginalizes people. Yeah. We're actually empowering people. We're really focused on making that person in the chair, even if they're not the most talented person in the organization, to be very confident and productive in their job. Great, great. What about your session today? It was MDATP, Microsoft Threat Protection? Right. So we were talking about advanced threat hunting specifically within Defender Advanced Threat Protection. And that's a really difficult topic because every audience is different. So, so advanced threat hunting is a great phrase, but when we connect with an audience who's maybe never hunted threats before, yep. the, the focus of the discussion is much different than if we're sitting in a room of dedicated security analysts at a large organization, right? So yeah. So we had a very interesting discussion today, but maybe not the discussion I was planning on when I walked in the door. Yeah, because the audience was some somewhat different than expected? Exactly. So so adoption of this technology is different in every market. And, you know, as speakers, after all, you know, we're not here to show people how clever we are. We're here to, to help them learn something. So we, we meet our audience where they are. And I think we had a productive discussion and, and people learned what they can take home and do right away. At the end of the day, I like these discussions to really focus on helping people appreciate that they can be effective threat hunters in their organization, even if they're not a many years experienced expert. Yeah. I was in the session and I've seen some, some, some of the queries. What language do we use in, in, in advanced hunting? So we're using Kusto uh, or KQL, as you might hear it called, and and Kusto query language is really pervasive through Azure, right? So we see that in all of your log analytics. Yeah. And when we take that into to cybersecurity and to cyber hunting, 
It uh, simply takes on a new facet because we're querying types of data that we're maybe not accustomed to. You know, in the past, we're dealing more with monitoring data. Yeah. And now we're looking at data around the entities that we care about for cybersecurity. So we're looking at, at identities and endpoints and, and files and, and processes. So it's, uh, it's an interesting, interesting journey, yeah. you know, even if you have used Kusto before. Yeah, and if we use Gusto, I saw in some other sessions uh, with Python, Jupyter Notebooks. Um, how is that handled? Yeah, so so Jupyter Notebooks using the uh, using a special connector you can connect into to various data sets. So with the samples that you'll get, so the first hurdle is understanding how a Jupyter Notebook works. Mm-hmm. The second is being able to recognize what Python looks like, even if you can't. Uh, program in Python. It is quite an easy language to learn. That's, I would say that is the defining characteristic of Python. So for your listeners who've never used a Jupyter Notebook and who don't know Python today, I would say Microsoft has some great samples out. Uh, they have a sample notebook in the Defender ATP Advanced Queries repo yeah. and also in the Azure Sentinel repo. And they also have a 44-part learned to code in python for beginners course that you can learn five minutes at a time so and then that repos that are available on github for uh, all all on github all freely accessible and all really designed for folks who are always out there learning and ready to learn something new you know python is the language of of big data data science and and now it is also the language of cybersecurity. so it's a very valuable skill And if you, I'm happy to say that if you've written written PowerShell, Python is no problem. Okay, okay, that that looks good. And I thought there was uh, regarding KQL, there was some uh, learnings on Pluralsight, I think. Right. So so Microsoft worked with Pluralsight to offer a four-hour free Kusto uh, quick start course, so to speak. So if you really want to get the basics, it's it's. An insult for me to say just the basics. In four hours, I, I believe they do a good job of covering a fair bit of advanced material there as well. Because it's really, really about understanding how to filter and aggregate and, and group your data as you like. Yeah. And I saw you're a LinkedIn instructor. If you have to, uh, all about training. Right. So, so I have a, a Microsoft cybersecurity series over on LinkedIn Learning, and it's really meant to be. Uh, quickly digestible learning. So I have about eight courses over there right now that touch on many pieces of the Microsoft stack in EMS around uh, identity and endpoints and infrastructure. We touch on uh, shadow IT. Uh, most recently, I did uh, a nice introductory course to Azure Sentinel. Yeah. And I've just just started recording a series or prepping for the AZ500 exam, so the Microsoft Security exam. The Microsoft Security exam. Yeah. And that's a difficult one. I've done that a few weeks ago when I, myself from the workspace uh, come in. It was a really difficult one. So it can help, absolutely. Yeah, congratulations for that. That's, it's, I mean, it's an accomplishment. That, that's a tough one. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm doing four... I'm doing one course per domain for that exam. So there are four domains. So we're going to break that down one at a time, which means you can consume everything in about five or six hours to get ready for that exam. And it should all be out by the end of Q1, I think. The end of Q1 next year. So everyone who wants to use that, it can be used by them uh, to prepare for the AZ500 exam. Exactly. Okay. If we look at uh, Microsoft cybersecurity and uh, a cyber kill chain, right? How does Microsoft help 
in in that way it can be deconstructed or stop that yeah so so the cyber kill chain really gives us a way to look at the structure of of a cyber attack and so really what that how that translates to the microsoft stack is we can look at that cyber kill chain we can look at the the layers of a breach and we can map our microsoft technologies to those layers so it helps us visualize that layered defense a little more clearly and typically we're doing that with the lockheed martin kill chain because that's been around for so long and it's very common and everyone is familiar um, but uh, meter recently released a cloud kill chain i believe so so i think we have a new mapping potentially to to focus on here so i'm actually looking forward to the holiday coming up next month so i can do some digging into to mapping those technologies to the cloud kill chain yeah great great and microsoft is in my opinion microsoft is doing a good job helping us to work further they they are so you know this this all comes back to the discussion around best of breed versus best in suite and and the reality is when we take a company like microsoft that has built a stack with a layer of machine learning and ai behind it which is the intelligent security graph we know that machine learning thrives on data right yep. and and when we go that best of breed route when we remove the endpoint protection for example and we put a third party in there we're now starving the intelligence from some of our context it's certainly still very effective but when we look at a, at a breach end to end we're now missing a piece right because we've put you know some third party antivirus in or edr or ips yeah and so i, I like to, to tell customers you know every vendor out there is going to tell you we use ai and we use machine learning ask them what they're doing with it and remember that the endpoint informs the edge. So when the edge protections that we get with Office 365 ATP and conditional access, when they when anything is missed and we have the Microsoft stack down there on the edge and we catch it at one of those layers, it all feeds back to that intelligent security graph. So uh, it, it, and it not only advances your organization, right? It advances all organizations. So it's you know, household. It, it's it's no longer you know one one is the uh, the pioneer and the rest benefit. So that's uh, you know, I think the the really positive news about that stack. And I think Microsoft is unparalleled in their capability to deliver that sort of capability right now. Yeah. Um. We have we talked about cloud and cybersecurity. Uh, what about the endpoints in in Windows Ten? How can Windows Ten helping us defending? Well, so Windows 10 really makes life easy. You know, the, the most difficult challenges around the endpoint right now lie around endpoints that are not Windows 10. Uh, you know, if we have Windows 10 in place, we can look at things like Credential Guard, for example. If I can, if I can turn on Credential Guard uh, and encrypt my, my credentials and memory, I've now more or less shut down lateral movement in the, the privilege sense. And that's, you know, first and foremost, that's the piece that uh, if I if a customer asks what's the first thing I want to do, I want to turn on credential guard. So tell me you don't have any of the blockers, you don't have legacy Wi-Fi, you don't have unconstrained delegation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That that's really the rough edge, right? That that new technologies sometimes break old technologies, so we have to proceed carefully. And uh, if you look in Windows 10 and the ATP, they are closely working together uh, around attack surface reduction, for example. Right. So, so you know, ATP, the the 
the sensor for ATP is built into Windows 10, right? We're, we're doing a little yep. more than flipping a switch to turn that on. So it couldn't be any more well integrated than it already is. And initially, that's where ATP began. It was purely a Windows 10 capability. And then Microsoft, through the the agent, you know, the, the agent we see everywhere, like an Azure monitor and so forth, they were able to bring that Defender ATP capability to server workloads to other endpoints. And so now we're really seeing that spread out in advance. Yeah, it's extending. And the MDP, MDATP is not only a Windows component, it's, it's extending too? Ex- exactly. So so we already have some support for Mac OS there. And then next year, we're going to see the beginning of support for Linux. And Okay. And uh, other server stuff, uh, 2019? Right, so you see your server workloads are are eligible as well, and then there's good support back to legacy versions of of your server and and client OSs. On the client side, last I looked, I think Microsoft was even supporting an unsupported version. They were protecting an unsupported version of Windows 7, so it goes quite a long ways back. Quite a long way back. Yeah, and I can only imagine that that's driven by customer usage, and so they're, they're just going out of their way to do right by the customer, so... Yeah, and if we look into MDATP, yeah, we can do advanced hunting uh, directly to service clients. Uh, if we look into Microsoft Threat Protection, um, it's is that where it all comes together? So, so Microsoft Threat Protection that was announced at Ignite. Yeah, this year or last year? Well, so so the the new the new piece they announced this year. So what yeah. we're what we're really going to see is uh, a, a leap forward in our ability to establish context across the whole of a breach scenario. So where today when I hunt in Defender ATP, I'm largely looking at device data. I'm looking at my endpoint, right? And if I want to look at identities, I have to hop over to Azure ATP or MCAS. And if I want to see office data, I'm over on a Microsoft 365 portal. And so that is the innovation here is that we'll see a single portal and an ability, extra layers that give us the ability to establish context across all those data sets. So, yeah. really, really big deal. Yeah, one of the one of the components in uh, Microsoft Threat Protection uh, is regarding identity. Right. Um, and if we look at a new model of attacks and that sort of stuff, is what's the most important part? Is that the identity? Yeah, so we know you know we know the the marketing phrase is the identity is the new perimeter, right? Yeah. At at the end of the day, you know, attackers are out there trying to compromise your identities and your endpoints so they can steal your information. It's as simple as that. And so we need protection that follows our identities and gives us an authentication experience that's appropriate to the context. So if I'm in my trusted office, uh, on a trusted device, I don't want a second factor of authentication every five minutes. But when I'm in the airport, on the phone, in a coffee shop, that's a much different situation. And I need to protect uh, my my information that's behind those identities. So the identity is is a security boundary, but it's also a, it's also a gateway to information, right? So so when they say identity is the perimeter, it's a perimeter and it's a gateway all at the same time. Yeah, and if we have it over the new parameter, I think you write a book or something about it. So, so I did. So I worked with uh, Wes Krosbergen, who was a Microsoft Security Global Black Belt at the time, and we wrote a book called Defending the New Perimeter. And the idea was to create an executive summary of the Microsoft cybersecurity stack. So really uh, abstracting that technology a bit to explain 
how the stack protects organizations strategically, how these pieces come together in the modern era. And the idea was to write a book that one could consume in less than two hours. And uh, the book was written in 2016 right. and updated in 2017, I, I think. Um, is it still actual? It, it's still it's still accessible at modernsecurity.info, and it's still uh, largely accurate. I expect that we'll put a, an update together in the first half of next year. Okay, uh, But it's certainly certainly conceptually speaking very applicable today. And we when we wrote that book, we actually engaged with some of the uh, the Microsoft security pros out in the field to uh, to review that book and give us their their feedback before we publish. So so definitely some some smart eyes. On that work. Yeah, and it's available on TechNet Gallery? It's available on TechNet Gallery. If you go to uh, to, to, to modernsecurity.info, it will yeah. redirect you to the TechNet Gallery automatically. Okay, great, great. Now, if someone would like to read that one, I've done that. And there are specific parts in that are quite interesting. So you go to uh, modernsecurity.info and find them. One last question. You are also doing uh, an event in uh, America, uh, Experts Live US. Could you tell about us that? You bet. So, so Experts Live is is such a great community series. It goes back ten uh, years now. We're in our, we're in our ten year anniversary with uh, the Netherlands, yep. where it all began, and we saw Experts Live thriving around the world in many countries. And two years ago, we brought the series to the U.S. for the first time to Texas. Uh, such a big market, though nobody nobody is familiar with Experts Live there, and we have lots of geography to cover. So what we're up to over the next year are uh, a, a couple of small events to just spread the word about Experts Live as a series through North America. So so we began in Toronto in October. Uh, we'll have an event in Seattle uh, the first half of next year. And, and then one or two cities in the latter half of 2020 as we, we really just kind of spider web across America. Okay. And where we can find the info uh, around that, that, that defense? Yeah. So you'll find that at uh, expertslive.us. I expect we'll be announcing the Seattle event here within the next month and uh, just, just finalizing some dates and, and venue. Okay. Great. Great. Thank you for having you in our podcast show. Thanks, Pete. Absolutely, my pleasure. Okay, thank you for listening to this episode, which was great with Pete. Hopefully you will tune in for our next recording. So I'll say, till next time, bye.